cruel pastor forces me to sleep on the streets with no food for three days. So I make his entire staff quit in one day. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. So, a few years ago, I was a worker for this Baptist summer camp not far from my home. We'll just call it what it is. Hell, I'd been a devoted staff member for three years, even managing the concession stand for one of them. I was a hard worker, consistently jumping in to do jobs nobody really wanted, like trash, pulling weeds, restocking the vending machines, things like that. On top of that, I was generally the favorite staffer of the kids that rolled through the camp. Now, camp policy was for staff to live on campus when they were working, which was for most staff a weekday ordeal. Those of us that worked weekends had to request it. I did this frequently, as I genuinely loved the work I was doing. I even worked the off-season as much as I could. Midway through my third summer in hell, I ended up with a really bad inner ear infection, so I took my allotted week off to recover. Toward the end of the week, I was asked to be on call for the weekend. I didn't have my driver's license at the time, and my family was going three and a half hours out of town for the weekend, so I requested to stay on campus in case I was needed. I was told this was not a problem. That was incorrect. It should also be said that my father had my house key, as he had lost his. Two hours after arriving on Friday, I'm called down to the dining hall where the week staff was having their final meeting to receive paychecks and debrief. I think nothing of this. I come walking into the dining hall, thrilled to see my companions for the first time in a little over a week, only to find the owner of the camp, we'll call him Phil, sitting with the entire staff. At this point, I'd also like to add that Phil is the senior pastor of his church. He's also a racist, sexist, homophobic piece of human garbage that thinks he can get away with murder because he's old and well off. Phil asks me to come sit with him and I oblige. As far as I was aware, he was pretty fond of me, so I wasn't concerned. I was wrong to think that way. The following conversation unfolded in front of roughly 30 of my coworkers. Original poster, what are you doing here, pal? I was asked to be on call, sir. I was told I could stay on campus since my family's out of town for the weekend. I see. Well, we don't need you. You can go home. I actually can't. My family is out of town, my dad has my house key, and I don't drive. I'm sorry to hear that. You'll have to find somewhere to go then, but you can't stay here. Me, trying to be very calm through this whole ordeal. Phil, I don't have anywhere I can go. Again, I'm sorry to hear that, but it's not really my problem, is it? You should have thought this one through. So, at this point, the entire room has gone silent. All of my coworkers are watching on in shock, completely unsure of how to react to this. Phil notices. You know what? I'm sorry. You can stay here, original poster, but I'm going to work you hard and you'll be working for the housing alone. I won't be paying you, and you'll have to figure out food on your own. He then looks at the staff, who are even more horrified now, and addresses them. Am I being unfair? Do y'all think this is reasonable? I'm fuming. My face is probably very visibly red, and I'd love nothing more than to explode. But I do my best to stay calm through this whole thing. I say I'll figure something out, and I leave without another word. 
That night was spent sleeping on the side of the road, just off property. The next day, I started forming my plan. My parents are aware of the situation and want desperately to come get me, but I refuse. I spend Saturday hiding in my co-worker's room. They kept checking my room for me like I was some kind of criminal. And Sunday night, I sleep in my room because at this point, I don't really give a crap. Monday morning, I make my way into the dining hall out of uniform and take a seat. When the whole staff is present, I stand. It was my day to deliver our devotional, so nobody really thought anything of it. My speech was as follows. My fellow staff members, you were all present Friday to witness the way I was treated by our loving and fearless leader, Phil. I'm sure many of you were uncomfortable through the course of our conversation, but I wanted you all to be assured that I got along just fine. Did I resort to sleeping on the side of the road like an animal? Yes. Did I hide on campus the rest of the weekend, having to beg someone to sneak food to me? Again, yes. But that's all right. I must ask you, though, if Phil has no problem treating me this way, after giving three years of my life to this camp, how do you think he's going to treat you? He was more than happy to put me on the street for a weekend, knowing I had nowhere to go. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that doesn't seem very Christ-like to me. So endure his mistreatments as long as you want, but I think I've had enough. I quit. Phil, screw you. I sincerely hope you rot in hell. With that, I walked out the door, with 10 of my coworkers right behind me. The following week, I caught wind of another 15 quitting after enduring half an hour of Phil talking crap about me to the staff. That jerk was left with maybe six employees as a group of 850 campers was coming through, and I'd honestly never felt so powerful. The fact that he specifically called you down to have this conversation in front of all your coworkers shows just how delusional this guy really is. He seriously thought he was in the right and wanted to make an example of you. I agree that it doesn't seem very Christian to have someone sleep on the road instead of letting them sleep in a room that you have designated for them. Like you said, you had dedicated three years of your life. I think you earned a weekend to just have a bed to sleep in. Either way, it looks like he found out pretty quick that no one else was taking his side. In fact, he lost pretty much everyone he had. And quite frankly, they're probably a lot better off now. There's a good reason why you should never pick up hitchhikers. A few years back, I was driving to a party with some friends from my house by myself. They lived about 30 minutes away, and it was around 10.30 at night in pitch black. So I'm driving down the road, and I see a man on the side of the road with a small white sack. Down the road, there's a white car with the door open. As I pull up, I roll down the window, and he says his car broke down. His hair is greasy and long, and he looks a lot like the residents of that area. Farmers, mechanics, and things like that. So I picked him up, as he wasn't too much bigger than myself. He was about 35, so I ask him where he's going and he says in town. Away we go. I started taking pictures, and he's a bit weird, so I eventually stop bothering to make conversation. Every so often, he shifts his position and there's a clatter from the bag. He said he needs to arrange a ride when he gets in town, and wonders if he can use my phone. I reluctantly give it to him, my brand new iPhone. He calls someone and starts saying he has some GPS for sale. His bag shifts, and I see he has radios in his bag. The broken down looking car he said he owned, he had just stolen the radio from and he's trying to sell them while in my car next to me on my phone 
So I say, hey, dude, when you're finished with your call, I need my phone back real quick. Cool as a cucumber. I want to make him think I'm really, really stupid and I'll take him wherever. So we get about 10 minutes from where I'm going and I know I have to get rid of him. Hey, brother, I need to make a call really quick so I can get into my friend's building. He reluctantly hands the phone back to me and I make a quick fake call and chuck it in the door pocket where he can't get it. So I ask him again since we're in town. He says, wherever you're going, you can drop me. I scan him really quick to see if he has a knife. So I slow down and stop when I'm satisfied he doesn't have one and say, here you go, dude, I'm just going up around the corner. He's like, nah, man, you can drop me there. So I finally lost my cool, snap over, push his seatbelt button and yell, this is where I'm dropping you. Get out. He looks at the pocket where my phone is, then back at my face and says, all right, dude, whatever. So I squeal my tires when I pull off, call him a piece of crap and immediately call the police. A couple days later, I see a piece in the paper saying they caught the jerk and that he was wanted for murder. That's really scary. You dodged a bullet on this one. I won't lie, I didn't really figure out till halfway through the story myself that, yeah, he actually robbed that car. I get that you're just trying to be a helpful citizen, but honestly, you need to be careful. You never know who you're dealing with. You're better off just keeping to yourself and trusting they'll figure out their own situation. A coworker stole my wife's phone and then tried to sell her her old one. For a bit of background, this happened quite a few years back. Smartphones were just starting to get cool and HTC released the first Android phone, the G1. I got one for myself and one for my wife for our anniversary. It was her first non-flip phone and she loved the keyboard. We worked together at a clinical lab running people's blood work and such. This is actually how we came to know each other. I called in sick one day and my wife went to work without me. While I was crashed out on the couch feeling miserable, I get an email from her phone. I had installed an app that reports home with all kinds of useful information when the SIM card gets switched out. Later, when my wife got home, she asked me if I had seen her phone, thinking she had forgotten it at home, when it was actually stolen from her purse at work. A few days later, I'm over my illness and back at work. Knowing the phone was stolen, most likely by a coworker, I decided to play dumb and talked very openly about how forgetful my wife is. Saying things like, this is the third phone she's lost. I struck up a conversation with a girl that had been rumored to have sticky fingers. Other ladies at the lab suspected her of taking money from their purses, but nothing could be proven. It had gotten so bad, they had to install small lockers for everyone. So after a friendly conversation with her, she offered to lend me and my wife her old side kick as she had recently gotten a new phone and wasn't using it. I thanked her for her kindness and asked her if we could talk more over text. She gave me her number and I checked the email the lost phone had sent days previous. Of course, the number associated with the SIM card that was put into my wife's phone matched the suspected co-workers. I continued to play dumb and let her kindly loan me the sidekick to replace my wife's lost phone. She even offered to sell it to me for cheap because we're friends. I let it sit for a few days. And when she began asking me for money for the phone she'd given me, I laid it all out over text message. I informed her that I had proof of her taking the phone and would go to HR if she didn't return it. Of course, she denied the theft at first, but agreed to all my demands and eventually admitted to having the phone, which she would return on condition of my silence. Once my wife's phone was back in my possession, I presented all the transcripts and relevant emails to the lady in HR that I was most acquainted with. After getting my email summing up the 
events, she asked me out to lunch so I could give her the whole story. She was very excited to be a part of it. Well, a few weeks went by and nothing. Then one day, I wake up to an interesting text. How could you do this to me? I got fired today because of you. I thought we had worked out a deal. I smiled to myself, got up and poured a coffee. Then I replied, dance with the devil and blocked that jerk's number. I really like how you handled this, playing it nice and smooth, acting like you don't know anything, and then just flipping the script on them. Getting real Columbo vibes from you. I'm sure everyone at work is very grateful to you for getting rid of this jerk. It sounds like this had been going on for quite a while. Who knows how much she had taken from people over time. She's lucky she only got fired and didn't have any kind of criminal charges brought against her. My sister-in-law won't stop yelling at my brother for getting her pregnant, referring to herself as a whale. My sister-in-law is pregnant with their first child, and I get pregnancy is hard, but for the last few weeks, she's been lashing out at my brother non-stop, and you can see he looks visibly stressed out now. She's done it in front of our family and her family, but nobody ever defends my brother or says anything to her because they're all excited about the baby, so they're treating her like a queen who can do no wrong. Now, I love my sister-in-law, and we're like sisters since we grew up together, which is why I felt comfortable telling her to stop. I spoke up after she started yelling at my brother for making her into a whale. He kept apologizing to her, and everybody was coddling her and telling her how beautiful she was and how she didn't look big at all. When we were alone, I told her how she was behaving unfairly and treating my brother badly and stressing him out. I thought she took it well since she said she knew, but apparently not since she started crying to my brother. Everybody's treating me like I'm the devil now for making her cry. My brother told me to stay out of his marriage and to mind my own business because I didn't understand what she's going through and he said I was causing her stress. I tried to explain that I wasn't trying to hurt her, but I felt like she was being mean. But it hasn't helped the situation. Am I the jerk? Just because you're pregnant doesn't mean you get to stop being a decent person to the other people around you. I don't think you did anything wrong in speaking up for your brother. It sounds like she was being incredibly unfair. And if you really felt that he was getting to that breaking point of being stressed out, it's okay to speak up. He's not going to. It's his job to stand by her and do exactly what he did. I'm sure deep down he appreciates the gesture, but everyone's just focused on your sister-in-law's well-being right now. I think with a little bit of time, this will blow over. It doesn't sound like you were a jerk in your confrontation of her. She's probably just really emotional about everything right now, and that's why she's snapping at your brother and crying because you confronted her about it. Just give it some time. Everything will be fine. My entitled friend refused to wear a seatbelt, so I refused to drive her. I, 22-year-old female, joined a hiking group a few months ago to make some new friends. There, I met this girl named Reese, who's 23. We share a lot of the same interests, and we became pretty good friends. For the past month or so, Reese has been on the hunt for a new job since her current one has abysmal pay. She finally got an interview, but about four days ago, her car broke down and she had to take it to the shop. Because of this, she asked me to drive her to the interview, and I agreed since her apartment and interview site are both within 15 minutes of my apartment. 
On the day of the interview two days ago, I drove to Reese's building and she got in the car and everything seemed okay. However, when I was pulling out of the parking lot, I noticed she wasn't wearing her seatbelt. Since I'm uncomfortable driving people without seatbelts, I asked her to put it on, thinking she just forgot. But when I asked, she told me she doesn't wear seatbelts. I immediately stopped the car and told her she needed to put it on and the car would not be moving while she wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Reese got upset and said that her uncle died in a car accident because he got twisted up in his seatbelt and wasn't able to get out of the car before it exploded. So she doesn't wear a seatbelt for safety reasons. I felt terrible for her, but I stood firm and said I didn't want to get a fine for her not wearing her seatbelt. Furthermore, if we got in an accident and she got hurt because she wasn't wearing her seatbelt, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Reese only got more upset and said it was only a 15 minute drive and the chances of us getting into an accident are so low so it doesn't matter. She also said she's a grown woman and I can't control what she does. I said that's true, but I'm also a grown woman and I can choose whether or not I want to drive my car. And if she wasn't going to wear a seatbelt, I wasn't going to drive her. We argued for a little bit more before I told her she can get an Uber if she feels so strongly about it. Reese called me a jerk and got out of the car and I just left. She later texted me and said she ended up being late for her interview and now because of me, she wasn't going to get the job. I told her that all she had to do was put on a seatbelt and that she made herself late. She responded that I wasn't being understanding of her trauma and that I'm a controlling jerk. So now I'm having second thoughts. I don't know. Should I have just bitten the bullet and driven her? Absolutely not. You did the right thing. You should not be driving someone if they're not going to be wearing a seatbelt. That is driving 101. I'm very sorry about what happened to your uncle, but that's a one in a million. Seatbelts have saved way more people than they've gotten killed. Besides, at the end of the day, it's the law. You could get a ticket or fined for having a passenger not wearing their seatbelt. Why should you take that risk because she's made this choice in her life? Again, I'm sorry about what happened, but you need to come to terms with it and understand that it's not the seatbelt's fault. Sometimes bad things just happen. It's unlucky that he got caught up in it and wasn't able to get out in time. But you know what? He could have been killed instantly if he wasn't wearing the seatbelt. So I don't really know what to tell you. You gotta wear it. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.